In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing spotting an assailant. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with Sheepdog Church Security, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be discussing the article, I Spy Spotting an Assailant. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, Sheepdog Church Security, and look under the News tab. So let's begin in the Bible as we always do. This one is 1 Kings 3, verse 9. And it reads like this, Give, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? I really love this verse because I wonder if this shouldn't be part of our regular prayers, right? Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. I mean, that's part of what, I mean, that is what we're talking about today as far as being able to look across our church and spot people that may be up to no good. But at the same time, this is constantly what we're doing, right? We're, we're evaluating, we're working with people in crisis, and we need to properly identify the difference between somebody who's maybe mental ill and having problems. Now, they still need to be dealt with. I'm not saying we ignore those. But, you know, somebody that's doing it because of outside problems and forces versus somebody who's acting in evil. And so we need a good discerning heart to do that. All right, so we are going to be talking about that today. We're talking about spotting people, the little, the little you know, maybe their clothing, maybe the way that they're dressed, all that kind of stuff. That might be indications that they're up to something. So, but before we continue... I want to draw your attention to the description below. There are um, links there to get a summary of this, this show, this program, and this article. And it's just a tool for you to be able to use that in discussions with your leadership and other people. Kind of, and maybe a little bit of a reminder for yourself. Alright, so let's get into some news stories. The first one we all know very well. This is the White Settlement, Texas, December 29th, 2019. A mentally ill man who had previously visited church several times asking for money came in wearing obviously a disguise and oversized coat. When he entered the sanctuary just before the service, the security director and security team members noticed and kept watching and one of the TV, um, and one of the TV, uh, TV cameras, security cameras followed him. As communion was being served, the visitor stood up, approached one of the servers, pulling a sawed-off shotgun out of his coat. A team member approached, pulling out his handgun. Before he could aim, the man with the shotgun shot and fatally wounded the server and the team member. Um, but he died before them, um, but, but he still died before them because a security guard, a uh, team leader, had pulled his gun and was taking aim, and when he had a clear shot, he fired, hitting the assailant in the head. So, you know, keeping watch on the suspect after he entered the sanctuary and, and enabled a quick response. This, You know, this is really, I know this is not, I, I want to say this with a great deal of caution, because I don't want to uh, disrespect um, the dead, the, the good guys that passed away in this. But in a lot of ways, this was a success 
Um, not the best success, but it was a success because this guy could have easily gone on to kill other people. And so the very fact that the security team started tracking him and watching him and, um, and even moving with him to some extent, I mean, the time, it's my understanding, uh, if I could rewatch the video, but it's something like six seconds from the time he pulls out his weapon to him being on the ground dead. That's actually a fast response. And so I think we need to applaud the hero here that really, he really did a lot. I mean, he, he saved probably, how, I mean, how many lives? I don't know. I guess I don't know how many shells were in a shotgun or what other, you know, whatever their plan he might have had. But, I mean, he saved lives. So it's so important to watch people, and that's why we're discussing this. Um, Wichita Falls, Texas, May 31st, 2017. On a Wednesday evening, somebody spotted a suspicious person and called 911. A woman drove into the parking lot, um, got out of the car, and asked people in the, <clears throat> in the lot um, for a ride. She ended up walking to a car dealership where she found... Um, a car with the keys left in it and drove away and then abandoned it. She was later caught by police while walking along a street. They recognized her from the description um, given by the church. And so while something could have happened there, like who knows why she was asking for a ride? You know, was she going to carjack them once they pulled out their keys? Where, you know, what was going to happen? Maybe even something much worse. But they suspected this suspicious behavior they called police because it, it certainly rises to that level of needing to call the police. And um, she was caught and arrested for a crime. So this is a good catch by the security team. Next one is St. George, Utah, June 27, 2017. A suspicious man was observed behind the church and reported to 911 to police. Police arrived and a chase on foot um, occurred through the neighborhood. The man was caught, and he and his girlfriend were arrested. Uh, they turned out to be purse-snatching suspects from a nearby town. <clears throat> so we've seen this and heard about this before in, um, in you know, happening at churches where people will go into a church, and because there's so many purses just laying everywhere, it's very easy to pick up churches' um, purses, take out wallets, anything of value, and then toss the purse and just keep on going until they get caught, and then they run away. So... They probably prevented this from happening by calling it in. So what I want to focus on is this. Is I want to get super practical <clears throat> and talk about what we're actually looking for, right? So as you all know, bad guys do not wear striped pajamas and, and, you know, and a mask like the Hamburglar does. Um, and so that you can't simply just look at somebody and know they're up to no good. Instead, what we're doing is we're looking for indicators that they're up to no good, which is going to cause us to look closer and then rely on additional indicators to figure out if they're up to no good. So let's talk about appearance first. The first thing is clothing, right? Is their clothing all disheveled? Are they dirty? Are those kind of things, you know, maybe they're a homeless person or maybe they're somebody that doesn't practice very good hygiene. <clears throat> But these are still all things we should kind of look at. You know, are they wearing clothes that doesn't fit the weather? You know, so are they wearing a heavy jacket, a trench coat? I mean, the idea behind, you know, of hiding a weapon underneath a trench coat is almost become cliche. But it still occurs. People do that. 
the shooter in Texas. He was wearing an overcoat. He was wearing a trench coat. And so we need to be watching for that kind of stuff. We need to do things like looking for bulges in that. So a good example is we just covered the Church of Sacramento shooting. And he was carrying an AR-style weapon, rifle, into the church for his killing of his children and, and the supervised, you know, supervisor of the visit. And so I have to think that for most of us, if we're looking for it, we're going to see that something's poking out the bottom of the jacket or poking along the outside of the jacket, kind of in some circles we call this printing, right? You can see the shape of the gun. You can see that something is there. You know, I think about the, the spot, the, the gun game, that I think a lot of us need to play on a regular basis because you just don't listen to a podcast and suddenly you're good at it. Instead, it's something that you're practicing. And the spot, the gun game, is based on looking for that unusual bulge. You know, do they have an unusual bulge around their waist? Do they have an unusual bulge maybe around their ankle? Or if they're wearing a, a holster on their side, you know, are, is it affecting, you know, if they're wearing a, some sort of jacket or, you know, coat? Is it sticking out? Can you see it? Um, there's other things too. So that's just kind of the appearance. How are they dressed? How are they carrying themselves? And if it's something that's out of the norm, so you know your church better than me, if everyone wears suits to your church and somebody comes in in, in a jeans and t-shirt and a heavy jacket, you know, they're, you know, they're visiting maybe for the first time, maybe it's nothing and you go up. And I, I, I want to stop for a minute and talk about that a little bit too. If you see somebody that's dressed unusually or something that indicates, your job is to do one of two things or both, probably both. One is to continue to observe them. They're sticking out. Find out why. Is there any other indicators that suggest that they might be up to something? And or approach them. Walk up and say, hey, welcome to ABC Church. We're so glad that you're here today. And that's going to bring us into the next thing about um, behavioral cues, okay? Um, or later, I guess we'll talk, yeah, behavioral cues. So, how they respond to you and how they interact with other people can be an indicator. Are they extremely angry, agitated, nervous, um, sweating, flush face? You know, their face is all, or blotchy face because they're under stress. They're getting ready to do something and they're under stress. You know, the weird movements and things like that. These are all indicators of behavior that there's something there. If they're, like I said, if they're angry and aggressive and all these kind of things, and that's where that contact comes in. If you say, hey, welcome to the church, and they tell you, and they tell you off, or they're really grumpy or really mean, it's like, you know, what's going on here? What more do I need to figure out? Are there any other indicators? So we're looking for nervousness, reluctant to make eye contact, overly friendly, or they're being sneaky and they're trying to hide something, shifting on their feet, wringing their hands. Uh, another good one, we're going to get in this on the weapons, is doing weapons checks. A lot of people do weapons checks. And I was just, um, one of the things we can do about weapons checks is watch, especially new carriers, um, sit and watch people that come in and out of your church. 
and watch how new carriers will be very guarded to their weapon. So if they're wearing like a shoulder holster, you know, this, this arm somehow becomes paralyzed from the shoulder to their elbow as they're, they're constantly checking their weapon or they're kind of holding their weapon there. Or it could be that they're actually reaching to the weapon to adjust it. This especially happens if they do something that's a little bit more jarring. So example, walking up and down stairs or maybe um, coming up on the curb or maybe they're jogging or running in because it's sprinkling out or maybe they're just quickly moving to the church. There's an instinct because you have that weight bouncing around a little bit depending on how tight your clothes are, but there's some movement there and it's almost instinctive. You don't even think about it and you do that weapons check or you make sure you're holding it in place or you're readjusting it. And so this is part of that spot the gun game, right? It's not only the shape or stuff, but it's also about that constant gun check that they do. And if they're up to no good, that gun, they're gonna be doing lots of gun checks. They're gonna be touching that gun. They're gonna be holding onto their gun. So imagine if you're holding a rifle under a coat or a trench coat that one arm let's you know is almost paralyzed and not moving because it's holding on to that weapon where the other arm might be swinging more naturally and so these are once again kind of falls under that gun check it's touching that weapon or holding on to the weapon other things that you can look for too and we're away into the whole spotting weapons thing now is you know wearing a jacket sometimes people just take that gun they'll show shove it into a jacket pocket but then imagine what that does to that jacket, right? It kind of pulls it down. And so let's say they have you know, pockets on the bottom and they got a gun in one and they're walking with their hands not in their pockets. Um, you know, that side's gonna be held down a little bit more or it's gonna be puffed up if it's on the side or it's swinging weird. And once again, you know, do they have their hand on their gun? So they're walking up and they have that hand, one hand in um, that pocket because they're holding onto that gun. Now it could be that that hand is cold. It could be that they're hanging on to keys or their cell phone. It could be a billion different things, but we need to look at that. They got one hand in their pocket and they're walking up here. It, could it be a gun? Is it a gun? We don't know. What are the other indications? How are their eyes, their facial expressions, their body language? We're looking at all that kind of stuff. So I know that was all really quick. I know a lot of you guys have heard this stuff before. Maybe it's just a matter of reminder for a lot of us. Once again, I'm going to say it's so important to play Spot the Gun. It really is. And if you play that game, and also Where's the Exit? I like that game too. That's more for my family, but we need to be thinking that stuff too. The other thing we've talked about in the past is what if games. What if this happens right now? So imagine, let's put you at the front doors. And you're watching somebody get out of their car. You see them fiddling around a little bit. Maybe they trot up to the church. Maybe it, they have one of their hands in their pockets and or, and or that side of their jacket is swinging differently like a pendulum, like it's got a weight in it. That's a good time to play the what if game. It's like, okay, if this guy has a gun and he's gonna pull it out and start shooting door greeters, you know, what's, you know, what, what's my plan, you know? You know, how am I going to respond to that? Obviously, it might be pull out your gun and engage. But what about other people in the church, right? You want them to go into lockdown. Maybe you want safety team response backup to start coming. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, think about all that stuff and take those actions. When we talked about the Cooper Code of Awareness, 
you know, this is your orange, right? So it's like yellow, you're calm, you're paying attention. You happen to see somebody doing one of these um, gun hiding behaviors or suggesting they might have a gun. And now you, you're up to orange, now you're focusing in, you're looking for other indicators, you're thinking through your plan, you're doing all that kind of stuff. Which kind of brings up another point is, and maybe there's a shameless plug a little bit here, but for you out there that are part of the team safety member certification or preferred sheepdog membership, I hope you realize that you can invite just about everybody at your church to this training. So when I do these online training events or you do church hosted training, you can bring your door greeters in, your ushers in, anyone that works the parking lot in. You can bring other people and while they're not getting certified like you are, um, they can still sit in the class or kind of auditing the training and they're going to learn about these kind of things. And that's what we need to make sure. You know, at the church I previously went to, even the one I'm visiting now, is the door greeters are just really nice people that love people and like to shake hands or greet people and welcome them to the church. They're normal people, if you will. Um, and so we need to train them a little bit. Now, we don't want to scare them or anything, but let's give them some practical stuff. Uh, you know, that outside protection is so important. You know, something, now, recently I heard Carl Chin say that it was over 60% of all violence starts in the parking lot, these active shooter, these deadly force incidents. Um, I was re-diving into his statistics, and it was like 74 point some percent. So we're talking three out of four violent intruders start their trouble out in the parking lot. And so that's, that's a lot. So we need to be watching that more, maybe, maybe more than anything else when, especially at the beginning of church services or whatever, you know, I don't know, you have to pick the time. I'm guessing the front end would make the most sense when the door greeters are out there. But we need to be watching that parking lot for those kind of behaviors. And this also brings up the other thing. If you happen to have security cameras outside watching the parking lot, you need that person at their post as church, before church starts. And watching the cameras, and I would even say, you know, hey, for the most part, focus on these cameras, these exterior cameras. Watch them, you're looking for that attacker. And you're looking for these kind of behaviors because if nothing else, you can call the safety team who might be patrolling other places in the church because think of all the things going on. You got check-in going in for the kids and all these other things. I mean, it's pretty chaotic. But at least get a safety team guy out there. Hey, take a look at this guy. He's coming in. He's acting this way. This is how he's dressed. He's in the north parking lot, blah, blah, blah. And now you're getting out to get eyes on that person, start watching them and going into that orange. What are we going to do? if this turns out to be a really, really bad thing. So thank you so much. Um, like I said, I know this went really fast, but um, I know that a lot of you guys have heard this a lot before. Play those what if games, play those spot the guns, play spot the exit with your family at least, and then um, you know be aware and just practice it. The more you practice it, the better you get at it. Other than that, if you like this video, please like, share, comment. Um, some of you are commenting almost on every single one of my videos. I love you. Thank you so much for doing that. That helps. You don't, it, 
I can't express to you how important it is to like on the pod, if you're listening to the podcast, to like it on iTunes, like it on Spotify, like it on iHeartRadio. We're basically on every possible carrier out there unless it's a brand new platform. Um, and then, of course, on YouTube. You know, we, we have hundreds of you that are watching these on a regular basis. I'd like to hear from you. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a like. Um, it, I really appreciate it. So thank you so much. And hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.